0: You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Essential. Hello, my radio friends. I'm happy you've joined me today for a program number 171 in the series, Give Me the Bible. My wife has a long-time friend who we'll call Joylene to protect her identity. As a young woman, Joylene married a Christian man, and she, along with her husband and family, used to attend church regularly. But when the children were in their 20s, the marriage broke up. Joilene ceased attending church and had little or no religious experience from that time on. My wife has spoken to her about this and she explained that she had no feelings of any need to attend church and had no feelings of any responsibility toward God. It here was this lady who had probably attended church services at least 500 times and all she heard seemed to have been like water off a duck's back. She felt that religion was nothing but rules and regulations. She had no heart change. How is this possible? How can someone hear the word of the Lord preached and attend Bible study groups so many times, yet be unaffected by that information? How could such a person read God's Word and not be affected by it? Was she not listening or not concentrating? This lady and others who have had the same experience make me think they are like someone who's been invited to a banquet. They see the delicious food, they smell the aromas, they sit at the table to eat, yet not a single crumb passes their lips. Everything on the table is for their good, their pleasure and their enjoyment, but they take not one morsel. They're like the proverbial horse that's led to water but won't drink. If only they had made the choice to enjoy what was laid before them, what a difference there might be. But please understand, I'm not condemning such people. Rather, I feel sorry for them inasmuch as that they are unable to appreciate the love of God and to know the peace and joy the Lord gives and to have freedom of guilt in knowing their sins are forgiven. Maybe you know someone like Joylene or maybe you have a similar experience as she had. If so, keep listening. The question we need to answer today is why some people accept and follow God's word And why others don't. From time to time, our local council distributes to the homes of its ratepayers an information magazine about its budget, new projects, its facilities, notable citizens, and so on. When I read this magazine, it's just information and evokes no emotional response from me. But if the council printed an article saying that they intended resurfacing our street, I'd be much more interested. To go one step further, if they informed us that they intended to tear up our front gardens and plant native trees there, that would evoke a significant and Probably hostile emotional response. You know that advertisers depend on emotional responses to sell their products. Advertising is designed to make it appear that we will smell better, look better, live more comfortably or appear more sophisticated If we buy their advertised products The emotional response Is very important In decision making And I suggest to you That in Joylene's case Her spiritual emotional response Was not triggered sufficiently That she was prepared to commit herself to Jesus Although Jolene was not living an immoral life, she felt, like many others, that she had no need of God. But the question is, is there any particular factor that makes the difference? The answer is yes. The factor that makes the difference is the Holy Spirit you may be aware that there are individuals and churches that are big on the Holy Spirit. They boast about talking in tongues of healings and so on. They hold special meetings calling down the Holy Spirit and like in the case of my friends Ken and Dave, manipulate people so that new people will suddenly be inverted commas, filled with the Spirit. A famous Christian writer has written this Christ has promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to the Church, that's his people, and the promise belongs to us as much as to the first disciples. But like every other promise, it is given on conditions. Many who profess to claim the Lord's promise Talk about Christ and about the Holy Spirit, yet they receive no benefit. They do not surrender their lives to be guided by the divine agencies. We cannot use the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is to use us. But many want to manage it themselves. God gives the Spirit only. To those who wait humbly on Him. This promised blessing, claimed by faith, brings all other blessings along with it. Christ is ready to supply every person according to the capacity to receive. It all has to do with our will, our choices. But did you notice this sentence from the quote? God gives the Spirit only to those who wait humbly on him. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's recorded in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. I suggest to you that when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, he brings about a peace and joy that worldly people just cannot understand. There's the blessing. In promising the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The Comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, will lead anyone who wants to honour the Lord into truth. And this is why I'm suspicious of certain Christian groups who pride themselves that they have the Spirit. If the Spirit leads them into truth, as the verse I just read says, then why do they turn their backs on truth that's plainly taught in the Bible? But I think it goes even further than this. Practically everyone tries to map out a course for their own lives, but for most, in the end, there is death. And decay the very basic truth is that the only way anyone can escape eternal death is through Jesus he is the life giver and through him is the only way of being saved and that's explained by the Apostle Peter in Acts 4 verse 12 Peter said salvation Is found in no one else for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved and that name of course is the name of Jesus one of the friends I grew up with was Brian we attended church together and spent free time together when we married we lost contact Brian lived in the country I moved to the city One day, as usual Brian came home from work at midday And had his lunch at home with his wife After lunch was finished He announced that he would like to have a little rest So went into the bedroom All was quiet for a while Then came the sound of a gunshot Brian had shot himself and died almost immediately. Why? I suspect Brian had never submitted himself to the Lord. Oh yes, he once attended church and moved in Christian circles, but had not made the personal decision to follow Jesus, regardless of whatever may befall him. I suspect Brian's life was not led by the Spirit. Brian wanted to do it his own way, to manage his own life and, in the end, he was not satisfied about how things had turned out. My personal decision, however, was to honour and serve the Lord. I wanted to belong to him. I wanted him to work out his plan for my life. And when I think of Brian, I'm so glad God has led and guided me. It seems that both Joylene and Brian had not allowed the Holy Spirit to come into their lives and guide them. They were too busy with the issues and duties of life and failed to submit themselves to be guided by God's divine helper. We're going to have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine All the day long Perfect submission Perfect delight Visions of rapture Now burst on my side Angels descending Ring from above Echoes of mercy Whispers of love This is my story
0: unlike what joylene thought being a committed christian is not all about rules and regulations it's about freedom about joy about peace and satisfaction the ambitions and goals of a committed christian are not about becoming rich are not about getting as much pleasure as you can and are not about outdoing your friends and neighbours. The relationship with the Lord, the clear conscience and the satisfaction with what you are and with what you have are more than enough. There's an interesting text in Psalms Chapter 84, verse 10, which says this, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. This text is saying that it's better to be in the presence and at the service of the Lord than to enjoy living in the midst of those whose main interests are ease, self-indulgence, luxury and pleasure. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Comforter and, or, the Spirit of Truth. The Christian author I previously quoted, E.G. White, has this to say also, it's from the book Humble Hero, page 311. At all times and in all places, when we feel helpless and alone, Jesus will send the Comforter in answer to the prayer of faith. Circumstances may separate us from every earthly friend, but no circumstances can separate us from the heavenly comforter. He is always at our side to sustain and cheer. And then over the page on page 312 is found this statement, referring to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. The Comforter is called the Spirit of Truth. His work is to define and uphold truth. He first lives in the heart as the Spirit of Truth, and in this way he becomes the Comforter. There is comfort in truth but no real comfort in falsehood. Through false traditions Satan gains his power over the mind. False standards misshape the character. The Holy Spirit exposes such error and expels it from the heart. By the spirit of truth Working through the word of God, Christ subdues his chosen people to himself. So why did both Joylene and Brian refuse to be changed by the Holy Spirit to become genuine God-fearing Christians? It was most probably because they refused to submit themselves to the call and leading of Christ, through his agency, the Holy Spirit. They refused to admit that they were not all self-sufficient. They refused to put aside the sins they'd been enjoying. They refused to be led. They remind me of wild horses roaming the hills, enjoying the pleasures of life, unbridled and uncontrolled, And good for nobody Had Joylene and Brian Submitted themselves to God's will In a sense They would have like horses Been controlled by the Holy Spirit And have become useful In the cause of God And By so doing They would have been given Eternal life Some of you may be struggling With sin and selfishness knowing full well that what you're doing is not right, you may be unwilling to give up what is tying you down. Maybe you have a self-destructive habit. Maybe you're enjoying tasting forbidden fruits, that is, doing things that are morally wrong. Maybe you know what is right and what is truth yet you keep putting off making a commitment to the Lord to do what is right and acceptable in the eyes of God. My friend, Jesus knows about your struggle and he knows why you refuse to submit to him. And he is prepared to let you reap the consequences of your own decisions, although he is unwilling to let you go. Every time you have a pang of conscience Every time you feel that you should go another way And do what you know to be truth and right The Holy Spirit is actually calling you But every time you put him off Refusing to let go of what's holding you back Makes it harder to change Fortunately God is persistent and will use various ways and various situations in order to reach you. But there comes a time when you either submit to the call of God, or when, no matter what method the Lord uses to reach you, you continue to refuse. God has his limits. In Genesis 6, verse 3, God announced, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Unless you submit to the call of God, a time will come when he will cease to call you into a life of goodness and righteousness, and he will leave you to your own devices. But God is calling you now through this program. Why don't you stop refusing God say yes to him. You won't be disappointed. Instead, you will find purpose and meaning for your life. You'll find joy and peace and a satisfaction that comes from pleasing him and from doing what's right. Don't be like Joylene and Brian, who refused to admit Jesus into their lives. They denied him. And in the long run, he has no choice but to deny them. Why don't you open your heart to the Lord? Simply pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've tried to do things my way. Please come into me and fill me and guide me because I want to be yours. And having done that, try to develop habits of prayer and reading and studying God's Word, the Bible. It will all be worth it in the end. <laughs> and speaking of ends, this is the end of today's program. So until next time, this is Len signing off and wishing you God's blessings and a determination to be and do what is right and a determination to be led by the Spirit.